This is Dr. Robin Axelrod. For the past 15 years, I've been helping children and adults meet their full potential. On our podcast, we're going to share some tips and tricks with you and some of my knowledge on how you can reach your potential and your family's goals. Each week, we'll be highlighting different specialists that can help you understand human development and how to assist your family in living their best lives. Welcome to Ask the Therapist. Welcome to Ask the Therapists on J-Tribe Radio. I'm Chasi Soroka, and with us today on the program is Yonina Kaufman. Yonina is a licensed clinical social worker. She specializes in grief and trauma counseling, is a parenting coach and school-based therapist. Yonina also works as a clinical coordinator at A Time, an organization that does a great many things to help individuals with pregnancy-related concerns, including providing support for pregnancy loss. Welcome and thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, Yonina, we're going to be talking today about uh, pregnancy loss, which is not a subject that people often talk about very publicly. Uh, could you tell us about a time and the work that that they do and the work that you do for them? Sure. So E-Time um, first started out as a um, organization that addressed families and couples that were struggling with infertility. Um, about 16 years ago, the, um, the director of E-Time ended up with having a stillborn child. And from there, she was reaching out, trying to find out who she could talk to, who she could reach out to for support and realized that there was really nothing out there. And together with volunteers, together with um, the team, they created what is now known as E-Time Hug. Um, and that is the organization that I am very much part of. It's, um, I'm the clinical coordinator uh, together with Chomi Friedman, who's the director of E-Time Hug. And we support women and couples who have experienced perinatal and infant loss. And can you tell us a little bit about what your role is there and how you came to work in this area of bereavement? Sure. So I, um, gosh, there's so much behind that. Um, So let me just give a little bit of a brief overview of what we do for Mm -hmm. E-Time Hug, um, and then I'll explain how I got into this field, into this role. Um, What we do is is we offer a lot. So one thing about E-Time is that E-Time provides, um, as an organization, um, it's a full-fledged organization in regards to there's the rabbinical piece, um, the Judaic piece, that many people have a lot of questions in regards to um, different aspects of loss. Um, but in addition to that, we also have a, the connection to the medical piece. Oftentimes, couples call in terms of referrals, in terms of getting into specialized doctors, in terms of high risk, in terms of um, different types of tests that need to be done. So there's that medical piece as well. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we also are a referral-based um, we are very often getting phone calls in terms of the emotional support, right? Um, we deal with a lot uh, when it comes to loss and grief and bereavement. There's a lot of support that is needed, um, both in terms that we get calls from the woman who had, had a loss, 
We get calls from the spouse who had a loss. We've gotten calls from family members, whether that be grandparents, whether that be aunts and uncles, siblings. We do support a lot, um, all different types of phone calls. Um, what Eightime does in terms of Eightime Hug is in terms of supporting couples uh, in terms of perinatal and infant loss is a couple of things. We provide packages uh, to, we send out packages to women who have experienced loss. What do these packages um, consist of? So there's some flippers, candles, um, absolutely chocolate. Some people enjoy, you know, need a little bit of chocolate for comfort. We actually just had um, coloring books, uh, mindfulness coloring books created. We also, there's some uh, articles that might be um, supportive for women and couples who have experienced perinatal and infant loss. And we send out these packages to, um, to women. And they have found, there's actually a CD with some comforting songs on it as well. Um, and people have found this to be a tremendous support. They take what is a support for them. If they don't find that they connect with certain parts of it, that is okay as well. Um, but overall, it is a support system. Um, they find that it is a recognition that somebody out there is empathetic and understanding about their loss, especially because when it comes to perinatal and infant loss, it's such a private loss. And we'll go into that um, in, you know, in, in a few minutes. Um, in regards, in addition to these packages that we send out, we also um, provide a monthly phone support. I, together with Chami, we actually uh, we facilitate a monthly pregnancy and infant loss support group. Um, women call in to a hotline, um, and we keep, women are more than welcome to ask questions. But oftentimes what we do is it's a monthly phone support. So each month comes, uh, there's a topic, and we delve into it on a very clinical based, uh, clinically based um, level in terms of supporting women, in terms of honoring their emotions, um, and really just giving some tips and tools on how to cope and how to um, process their loss and their grief. In addition, we also have peer support. Uh, we, often, we do get calls that women would like to reach out to other women who have experienced um, similar types of losses, similar types of uh, diagnosis and stuff like that. So there is a lot of peer support. In addition, we have what's called as a group me. This is a um, sort of like a text messaging. Um, it's not on WhatsApp, so everything is confidential. When you sign up for group me, you can actually create your own um, username that if you want to go, if you want to be um, transparent, you can, and if you don't want to be, you do not have to. Um, but it is a group of women who are going through similar um, experiences, and they have found that coming together, uniting together in their own personal private experiences, they have found comfort amongst others who understand and who can provide the empathy that they need. Um, and we also, we are a referral for mental health professionals. Um, through, we get calls throughout the country, and we have created a database of mental health professionals that have um, catered their professions towards um, pregnancy and infant loss, and we do find and we do try to find um, the best fit based on the concerns and the, the specifics of the situation 
we do try to fit them with the best clinician if that is the if that's the need. Um, that being the case, um, how I got involved with Eight Time Hug was um, a various a few things. Um, first of all, way back when I used to actually work in grief and bereavement, so this was an area that is was very that I am very sensitive to. In addition to that, I deal with a lot of grief and bereavement in my own um, work um, as a school social worker. Um, and then what brought me to a time um, in particular was I had um, someone that I was close with um, had a baby that died. Um, and supporting this, this woman, supporting the couple, supporting the family, made me realize that this is something that I really would love to become more involved with. And so I reached out to a time, and um, together with Chami, I started out as a volunteer. I was on call a few hours um, one day a week, and then slowly but surely we started working on our social media piece. Um, and Chami and I, did, you know, we, we built up that social media um, presence. And over time, I started doing these phone supports and became the clinical director, clinical coordinator of a time hub. And I now, what we also provide, by the way, I want to go back, um, we actually also provide doula, doulas. If a mm-hmm. woman is going to deliver a stillborn, a baby that is born still, um, and she knows before delivery, we do provide um, a doula to go into the delivery room with this woman, with this couple, to help support the woman, to help support the couple. Um, and I, myself, together with Hummy and Bronnie Rosen, who's the director, who's the, um, uh, the director of the time, we became doulas. And I actually give trainings, um, actually about vicarious trauma, um, about burnout in regards um, doulas that are supporting women who are delivering babies that are born still, how to manage themselves while doing such a um, selfless act. So I go around, we go around in the tri-state area, we support um, doulas, and I'm actually part of a, uh, a team at this time, um, the the Federation, the Jewish Federation is actually coordinating an all-day training for mental health professionals, nurses, doulas, anyone who is in contact with women who are delivering babies that are born still. Um, It's an all-day training on how to um, self-care in terms of taking care of themselves while um, supporting women and couples who are experiencing this loss. So I'm part of this um, team that is creating this all-day training. So I've really been able to really get involved on all different fronts (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, to support this population. Yeah, and it sounds like there there are so many aspects of this that one may not even think about um, that you guys have started to, um, you know, that you're supporting individuals going through this, this terrible thing in so many different ways. Um, and so I think that that's really incredible. And so I actually want to say, Katya, yeah. that I, we didn't even put two in, I didn't even, 
tell you that October, I don't know if you even realize, October is actually Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, this is like a full month of really um, honoring um, and holding space for women and couples who have experienced pregnancy um, and infant loss and really just um, really just supporting uh, women and couples who are going through this. So this is the month, even though it doesn't leave them and they grieve and they're, it's part of their life, um, mm-hmm. but it is to bring more awareness to others who may not understand, um, but to, who, let's say, have know somebody, have family members who have gone through this, and really just uh, really give them the support on how to better support um, and really empathize for um, families that are going through this. Because between you and me, uh, this is the statistic, is that one out of four um, women are going to experience some form of pregnancy or infant loss. Yeah. And, and you know, we've talked about this, but um, and as you said before, it, it's such a private loss that, you know, my sense is that people really don't talk about it. Or if they know of somebody who's experiencing something like this, they really don't know how to address it. Um, so I guess I have a couple of questions around that. One is, when when people do approach you or they come to a time, you know, what what do you feel they're most in need of? So what I find that they're most in need of is really empathy. Um, you know, because it's one in four pregnancies that end in miscarriage or babies being born still, um you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's, there has been in the past the idea of, you know, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and just keep going. And as our understanding of grief is evolving, um, we're starting to really understand that grief doesn't just go away. You don't just forget. And I find that when people are calling a time, they're just, they're like lost because they're feeling something, but the message that they're getting is either, you know, well, I had four losses and I'm fine, or, you know, what's the big deal, or at least, you know, it was an early pregnancy loss, or at least, you know, uh, you, at least you have other children, or, you know, whatever the cliche comments are, which literally minimizes and shame them for feeling anything uh, remotely close to grieving. And they're calling a time because they're, they just don't know where to go because they're not getting that support that they, they know they need or they don't even know what they need. And they just need someone to sort of validate and someone to sort of say, no, this is, your feelings are, are, are pretty normal. Your feelings are pretty valid. Your feelings are pretty human. Um, and sort of like normalizing the experience and what the feelings are related to loss. Yeah, you so, know, if, 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 that's, if that's even kind of addressed at all, because I think sometimes it's, it's you know, 
it's often even not addressed, right? It's kind of just skimmed over, you know, and then, you know, as you said, there could be other comments that might, might feel less empathetic. Um, it's, it's such a marginalized type of loss. It's, it's, you know, so often goes so unacknowledged, but it sounds like what you're saying is that people just really need other people to say, well, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, you know, and hold space for that feeling, whatever they're feeling. So, look, I mean, I can tell you like this. I, I opened up my private practice um, sort of your default. Why? Because there was just, there's a, there's a need uh, that women have experienced perinatal and infant loss, and they're, you know, they thought they were okay, and all of a sudden there's triggers, and all of a sudden they're being reminded, and here they thought they were fine. They went through, they, you know, they, they cried a little bit, or they didn't cry. They thought they would be okay, and then months later they're not understanding why, you know, seeing somebody else holding a baby or somebody being, you know, somebody else who's expecting, uh, you know, why they're having such a hard time with it. And I just find that, you know, we talk about this being such a personal loss. You know, in our culture specifically, in the Jewish culture, we don't tell people that we're expecting at least till the second trimester. So, you know, why? Because in a way it became the message of, you know, it could end up in a miscarriage. So why tell people? You know, we don't want, you know, once we get through the second, you know, once we get into the second trimester, the probability of a, tri- of a miscarriage not happening is much higher. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, so you take the, the marginalized group, you know, women who've had early loss, and they're sort of saying like, oh, no, there are women who have gone through much worse. They were, they were later than me. I, I don't have that right to grieve because it was so early but then all of a sudden they're not understanding why they're having such a hard time with it. Well, because it's not just about the actual loss of a baby. It's what that loss represented. Women who become pregnant, right, the second they become pregnant, what do we start doing? They start dreaming and, and, and imagining and naming and thinking what their, you know, what life is going to be like, at, you know, when this baby is born and hopes and dreams are put into this pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, yeah. that, that hopes, those hopes and those dreams are gone. And what do you do with all of that loss? And so we look at it, you're right, it's, it's, it was an early loss. So, quote, unquote, right, there are pregnant, there are ectopic pregnancies. A woman doesn't even know that she was pregnant until she, you know, whatever, you know, the medical situations that there are. And there are some women who do find out, but they had just found out that they were pregnant, but it's still lost. And it still needs to be honored. And it still needs to be noted. And it still needs to be recognized that you're worthy of grieving. You're worthy of acknowledging what this pregnancy meant to you. And it's okay. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry over something that you didn't think would be something. It's not just, right, early pregnancy loss, right? You're not showing. You don't feel the baby. So let's talk about that quickly, right? So women feel like, you know, what am I crying about? What's the big deal? I didn't feel it. I didn't have any connection to it, right? But it wasn't just that. It was the hopes and the dreams of what that pregnancy represented. 
And then we go into further later in the pregnancy, right? Once a woman feels the kicking, right, she's carrying that baby. It becomes real to her, right? And we haven't prepared our couples and we haven't prepared our women that just because you get into the second trimester doesn't mean that loss cannot happen. And because, again, it's still within the pregnancy, right, it becomes, again, a very personalized loss. Why? Again, in the, in the Jewish community especially, is no one's sitting shiva for a baby that is not, that is not alive um, before 30 days, right? So there's no official ritual that allows a couple to really mourn. So they sort of, it's sort of like, okay, the baby's out, and now what, right? No one is making meals. No one is fussing over the baby. No one's fussing over you, you know, unless you, you know, you do have the support, and we'll go into that in a minute. But it's sort of like, okay, and now what, right? So we haven't given that, and fully we are, and that's what a time really does, is really, you know, in terms of the care packages, in terms of these monthly supports, in terms of um, they do have throughout the years, there, there are different various speakers that do talk about different topics um, that really just are normalizing, like, no, your pain is real. Like, you're allowed to mourn. You're allowed to sit with those feelings. And there are some rituals, there are different ways that you together with yourself can sort of memorialize this loss. Um, it's not a communal memorialization, I guess you can say. It's a personal, it's between you and yourself in terms of, you know, in terms of holding that memory of what that loss was to you too. Um, so that's, uh, so that's something that we really are trying to break down um, the barriers in terms of why there's so much shame to loss, um, why women sort of, you know, what ends up happening is they sort of like internalize it, right? My body rebelled against me, right? My, you know, I, 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 I'm a bad person. I couldn't, there's a lot of feelings of like I couldn't, um, deliver a healthy child, what's wrong with me, right? So there's just a tremendous amount of guilt. There's a tremendous amount of shame. Um, there's a tremendous amount of um, hurt and pain with nowhere to sort of process through it. That, no, you didn't cause a miscarriage, right? No matter what you did, your body, this is what the body did. It expelled this pregnancy, you didn't cause it, right? So who, where do we go to find that out? Like, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much that we're just trying to break down the barriers that there, there doesn't need to be shame revolved around pregnancy loss. And unfortunately, there is, um, no matter how much, you know, we are still trying to break it down um, in terms of eight time. Um, our social media, you can go on a time hug in terms of, um, in terms of Instagram. Um, we are on Facebook and we're just really trying, what we're trying to do is sort of, and social media in general is trying to create a community, 
of women because all of a sudden, because it's such a private loss, what we're noticing is like women just feel so alone. There's such a loneliness because they don't know who to call. They don't know who to speak with. They don't, it's not a topic we talk about with our friends on a, you know, you know, on a, on a, on a coffee date, you know, um, and we are trying to provide that community. I guess that's what our goal is as well, is to provide that community of women who, who are empathetic, who have gone through something similar, and try to re- let people know, like, you're not alone in this. We're here for you. We see you. Um, so that's something that we're trying to work around. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that there are very well-meaning family members who do want to help, but they but they don't really know what to do or they don't know how. And it sounds like there are family members that reach out to A-Time. Um, what, what would you say or what do you suggest to them that they, they do or say um, in order to be supportive um, of the couple that have lost a pregnancy? Or, you know, or what shouldn't they do or say? Both of those things. Right. So I'm actually going to break it even down even more than that. Um, oftentimes we find even within the couple unit, um, there's a disconnect in terms of grieving. So I'll give an example. We find, you know, uh, you know, often we'll have, let's say, the woman who is grieving very heavily, and then their spouse is sort of like, okay, I grieved, but okay, it's time to move on. So there is like a disconnect in, within the couple unit in terms of how to grieve, when, how long to grieve, you know, what's normal, quote unquote, versus what's not normal. So we do get calls from the husbands even, right, of what do I do? She's still crying. What do I do? It's, it's, you know, it's a few weeks later and she's still very upset. I don't know how to handle this. And what we try to do, and then I'll get, and by the way, I actually get the reverse sometimes. We'll get phone calls of the wife calling saying, listen, I, you know, I, I, I had the loss and I grieved. It was sad, but I'm really okay. But for some reason, my husband, he just can't get over it. He's just, he's a very emotional guy and he's just having such a difficult time coping and handling and he's just not getting over it. What do I do? So what we really do um, try to do is, first of all, normalize all ways of coping, um, especially with the couple, um, that everyone just copes differently. Everyone has a different timeline. Grief doesn't have a timeline. So if you find that um, that a person, and again, I'm not even going to say a woman versus a man because we have it with both, that if a person is still having a very difficult time, you know, we want to sort of understand why they're having that difficult time and how we can best support. And sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. Sometimes they just aren't feeling like they're being supported, um, especially, you know, when it comes especially to, if let's say the man, um, you know, often the message is, you know, suck it up, right? You're fine. It's fine. It happens. Get over it. When in reality, they don't want to. They want to sit with that grief. They want to mourn the loss. They also had hopes. They also had dreams. They had visions of what life was going to be like with this child. And they, they don't know how to 
uh, really sit with feelings because no one is honoring that. So we do try to really honor um, and normalize every person's way of grieving, okay, um, in terms of that. And it's really very important, and that's why we do have that, you know, these phone supports, and we do, Hummy and I are available. We do. We are a 24-hour hotline, actually. Um, Aton Hug is, an, is Aton is a 24-hour hotline. So we get calls throughout the day um, of, of different um, concerns regarding um, the different ways of grieving. So that's one thing. I do want to just stress in terms of how couples function. And it is important if you find that it is impacting uh, your ability to function as a couple, you know, I we go the step further and say it really may be important to bring somebody else into this just to sort of help you navigate this loss and what it meant to each of you. So if we're going to go the route of the man getting over it, you know, sort of saying, okay, I got this. It's okay. You know, I'm, I'm okay. And the woman's still sitting with this anger, whatever the emotions are, anger, fear, anxiety, a lot of anxiety comes up after a woman has experienced a loss, um, whatever the emotions are, right? So we also want to normalize it to the husband saying, listen, we're dealing with hormones, right? So it takes a while for the hormones to settle down. So that's number one. Number two, the woman held this baby in her body, right? She provided nourishment. She connected with this physically on a physical level, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a on a, on a cognitive level, and, and, and this is something that she really has to uh, go through um, in order to slowly but surely, uh, you know, move with the grief. We don't let go of grief. Um, you know, we say, oh, time, 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 time. I have, this is one thing I want to just, you know, pre- you know, really stress is that grief stays with a person. You don't get over grief. Um, but as time goes, sometimes it's not as harsh. Sometimes it is very prevalent. Sometimes it's really very much there. And other times it's just with you. It sits with you and you move with grief, um, through life. So that I do try to teach couples. Now, in regards to when other family members call in, um, there's, there's just so many. Um, different um, reactions when it comes to grief, right? So I'll get a phone call, you know, in terms of the, you know, in terms of a mother saying, I had three miscarriages, I was fine, what do I tell my daughter, All right? And I'm going to say it again and again and again, it's empathy. Um, you need to just empathize. Uh, telling your daughter that you went through something, it sort of shames her and disqualifies her thoughts and feelings um, because this is her feelings. These are her, this is her experience. Um, oftentimes, by the way, it also does trigger emotional responses in other people who have gone through loss. So that's like a whole other, um, another area that I'll talk about in a second. But the goal is really... Um, is really just to support. So the question is, you know, I'll give an, I'll tell you a story quickly, and I tell this story all the time because it's really um, indicative of what loss and grief really is. I got a phone call years ago from a sister of a in a family, and she tells me that she has one sister who was making a wedding, and another sister 
did not come to this wedding. Why? Because when this baby was born, she too had delivered a baby, but that baby was born still. And 20 years later, she, her one sister is making a wedding and the other sister just cannot come to this wedding. And the sister calls me up and says, what am I supposed to do? We're all so angry at this sister for not coming to the wedding. Like, give me a break. It was 20 years ago. And I sat with the sister and I said, listen, I said, you could be angry at your sister for not coming. I said, or you can reframe it in your head and say, wow, how sad it is that even 20 years later, She's still sad about the loss of her baby. And yeah. really, who, what are you upset about? Right? Are you upset that she couldn't get over her loss by virtue of the fact that it was her loss? So it's not something that you can understand, right? But if you can reframe it and say, wow, it must have been so hard for her not to come to a family wedding because she was in so much pain, what are you able to do? You're then able to shift and be able to empathize saying, wow, she's still grieving 20 years later. That must be so hard. So there are, there are different ways. There are ways of, of just, you know, when a person goes through a loss, letting that person know you're there, right? Letting them know that if they need anything, um, I've, had friend, I've had people who have dropped off, in addition to our time packages, I had someone who dropped off their own care package. Um, I had someone else drop off meals for a woman who experienced the loss. And I've had people who dropped off meals even when it was an early loss because she knew how heartbreaking it was for this particular friend, um, how much hope and dreams and, and, and excitement this woman felt towards this pregnancy. Um, other women, they close themselves off and just want to grieve by themselves. So I get calls, well, what should I do? And I say, just let them know that you're there and that you're thinking of them. They have to grieve and they have to let you know. Sometimes they don't even know what they need. But slowly, you know, they will either let you know or if you just let them know that you're there, that's a huge support for them. Um, and that's a very, and that's something that you can carry as a friend, as a family member. Um, it's not to be sensationalized. Um, but I, somebody recently told me that um, she was telling me how frustrating it was that her family had shared, a family member had shared with the whole family that she was expecting. And then, unfortunately, the pregnancy um, was, was terminated, and all of a sudden, people were coming over to her and saying, oh, congratulations, this is so exciting. And she was like, I don't get it. She told the family that I was expecting, but she couldn't tell the family that I was no longer expecting. Mm. Um, so, you know, you sometimes do have to take the cue of the person who experienced the loss, I would ask. <laughs> um, I would ask the person, do you want me to be the one to share it with other people? Um, but really taking, um, you know, sort of taking the cue of the person who experienced the loss in terms of what they would run, want from you. Okay. Um, 
it's it, again, it's loss is it's it's such a sensitive, especially when it comes to pregnancy and infant loss. Um, it's such a sensitive topic, and everyone grieves differently. So I had someone recently call me and say, I don't understand. Um, my friend went through a loss, and I, 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 like, I was devastated, and she's fine. Like, why isn't she grieving? And I'm like, well, who is this really about? Is this about you, or is this about her? And she was like, well, I don't understand. She should be more heartbroken over this. And I'm like, well, she's not. So take your cue from her. Like, if she wants to grieve from it, she will grieve. But we also, I find two things. First of all, sometimes it is, some people cope differently. Some people are triggered differently. It may not be an instant type of trigger. It could happen months later um, where people are just sort of like, whoa, I didn't realize that I was so affected by this loss. Um, one thing that I just like to stress to people is the idea of sitting with feelings. Um, you know, we're, we're very much in the culture of, well, no, we're not. We're so shifting. <laughs> but in the olden days, um, nobody sat with feelings. Sitting feelings hurt. Nobody wants to sit with feelings. Nobody wants to sit with their emotions uh, because then you have to really ask, where is this really coming from? And it's not an easy process. It's not something comfortable. Nobody is comfortable sitting with emotions. Uh, but I do, uh, I do stress this to women who have experienced, well, sit with it. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be heartbroken. You're allowed to be anything that you're feeling. And I find that women um, and couples really, when they're validated for all of their feelings, I'm like, you're allowed to question, why did this happen to me? You're allowed to. And I find that when they do feel validated, it sort of like releases that tension they feel inside because it's sort of like, oh, oh, okay, this is normal. This is okay. I'm human. I have feelings. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, sometimes not only is, you know, not only are they uh, expected to just kind of move on, move on along like everything is normal and nothing has changed or nothing has happened, but sometimes there's an expectation of themselves that they should do this as well. And I think we do this in a lot of different areas of our lives, but especially in the area of grief and loss, um, that, that, yeah, there's a lot of things happening inside of us and a lot of different feelings that could potentially come up around it. Um, and that, that, that people have a tendency sometimes, I think we do this a lot where we pile on, we feel guilt, we feel shame, as you said before, about having normal feelings. Um, and one of the things that's come up in, in various different topics that we've talked about in terms of just sort of our emotional health is, is, you know, just allowing ourselves to have feelings, just, you know, hey, this is, this is something that happened and I'm really, really upset about it. I'm really angry. I'm, I'm infuriated or I'm, I'm grief stricken or, um, you know, I'm, as you said, you know, terrified or anxious, um, you know, that, that it's okay, whatever you're experiencing to just to feel that. Um, and, and that's okay. Yeah. So also I want to, um, so there's a few things that I also want to just stress. Um, Number one, you know, especially as family members or whatever, especially if you've gone through something um, similar or you experienced your own type of grief, um, the idea of saying, I know exactly what you're going through, mm-hmm. no. That is yeah. a no. No. So that's not holding space. That's not empathizing. That's sort of like, you know, it's sort of 
you don't know because you went through your experience and they are going through their own experience. So I know that often that people feel like that's like, uh, you know, it's a good way of saying what I mean. I, I understand really just saying I'm here with you. I am here for you. I I'm so sorry you're going through this. Um, this is so sad. Uh, sort of just really just letting them know that you are empathizing with them is really a big deal. Um, that's number one. And number two, when it comes to, especially when it comes to grief and loss, um, the theory was for a very, very, very long time was that there was sort of like a timeline. And not only was there a timeline, there was like stages. And you went through one stage and then went through the next stage and went through the next stage. And I'm not even going to tell you the stages because in reality um, it has been um, – totally uh, discontinued that that thought process because there's no such thing as um, stages of grief. Um, You know, we we sort of say, I've had this so many times, I've had women say to me, like, no, like, I went through, like, I went through the grieving process, and, like, I really thought I was okay, and then all of a sudden, like, I see, like, my my sister-in-law's expecting, and I just burst into tears, like, but this is, like, months later. I don't understand. I really thought I was okay. Because that's the time, that's the process, that's the point. There is no timeline to grief and there's no, like, it's not linear. It's not linear. And everyone has their own ways of handling and everyone has their own ways of experiencing the grieving, I guess, journey and the healing journey and the healing process. Uh, you know, sometimes pe- women or couples or people feel that isolating themselves is what they need. Other people, I, you know, other people I find that they're like searching for their community, for their village of support. Um, other times they take it, you know, in strides, you know, they'll, they'll mourn on their own. They'll, they'll reach out for that support when it's, uh, you know, when they need it. Um, so everyone has their own um, everyone has their own ways of, of of going through this grieving process. But again, it, it there's no such thing as a linear. There's no stages. And then when you come to the end stage, you're you know you're over your grief. Um, that's not a reality. And I, you know this is again why we exist because we are just trying to bring this awareness to the community at large, um, because, you know, again, I had a woman recently say to me, um, she's like, listen, I've never experienced a loss. She's like, so I'm not really understanding. She has a niece who, who just had a, a big a, a traumatic loss. And she was like, I don't understand why she's not over it already. Like, and I'm like, well, it's not something that, and she's like, I don't know what to do. Cause I sort of like, because I've never gone through it, like I've sort of like distanced myself. Um, and what I find is twofold. So either that's going to happen that because she doesn't understand it, right. She never went through it. So she distances herself and I'm going to say it from the other end also is that when people have gone through a loss and they don't find that they get the empathy from the people that they really were needed it from, they distance themselves from those people as well. And that's another thing that I like that I do tell um, women and couples is that uh, loss does change you. It does. Um, It brings you to an awareness. It brings you to um, 
uh, an awareness of a reality you never imagined, a community, I guess you can say, of, a lot of, of people that you never imagined you'd be part of. Um, but oftentimes people do feel more connected with people who understand. Mm-hmm. And I have this question come up a lot, like, so a few things. First of all, you know, I've had this question come up in terms of, you know, I, I miss my friends, but I just, you know, they just have no idea what I'm going through. And, you know, and I, and I, I miss, you know, I, I don't know. I just, somebody once said, I, she's like, I just miss the innocence of her relationship. And I'm like, I hear that. I hear that. It is hard. It is hard. It does change your perspective. It does shift your perspective on certain things. Um, oftentimes we do give support to women who are pregnant after a loss, right? Because there's so much that goes into that in terms of supporting the next pregnancy, in terms of the anxieties, in terms of uh, the questioning, in terms of the emotional piece as well as the medical piece to it. Um, there's so much that goes into that. And then I've had women who have said to me, I miss being just carefree. I miss my friends that just, have, you know, that we just didn't know these things. And she's like, somehow I ended up, you know, sort of veering towards people who are so negative, who are so um, despondent. And she's like, I don't want to always be that person. And I said, that's okay, too. Right? Your your social circle shift as you shift. So you found comfort, you found solace with the people who got it, who got you, who really could empathize and hold space and understand what you're going through. And as you're healing and as you're shifting, you know, you'll see your relationships shift as well. And it's interesting, this one particular person called me recently and was like, She's like, you're not going to believe this. She's like, we had this conversation like seven months ago. And because she's in a better place, she took a lot of, uh, you know, she took care of herself. She learned how to find pockets. She learned how to find joy within the grief, right? Because she opened that space for grief, she was able to open up space for joy as well. And all of a sudden, she found that her relationships were shifting as well. So, and that's okay, too. And I'm going to just say that as well. I always, I, one thing that I want to just also emphasize is the idea that as grief and, and, and loss shift, um, you know, there's a lot of guilt that people find that they're smiling or that they're happy or something makes them happy. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be happy now because I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be grieving. I'm supposed to be sad. And I want to normalize, and I just want to emphasize that two emotions can coexist. And one doesn't have to take priority over the other. Um, They can both be in existence at the same time. And that's, I guess, what we were just really talking about, the idea of when you really honor and open up space for, you know, for emotion, you're opening up for all emotions. When you shut off one emotion, you end up shutting them all off. And that's why I think we're really trying to support couples to really open up that space 
to really feel their feelings, to really acknowledge their feelings and not acknowledge their emotions. Because as you do that, as you open it up and as you sit with it, you start to realize that it's not weighing so heavy anymore. It's not weighing you down because there was a space for it. And slowly but surely, you start to realize like, okay, wait a minute, something made me smile today. That's okay. And something else will happen and you're, and you'll laugh and that's okay. It doesn't take away from the hurt and the pain, but it makes you realize that you can coexist with all the emotions. Yeah. And, and, um, what would you what would you want someone going through this experience to know primarily? Um, I would want someone to know that whatever you're feeling is normal, whatever you're thinking is normal, and that a few things. First of all, that there is a community out there who can support you. Um, There are people out there who really get it. Um, And if you feel like it's too much, there are, there, you know, therapy isn't bad. I want to just really put that out there somewhere. I needed to put that in there. Um, That, you know, if you find that your family is a support, your friends are a support to help you navigate this, that's great. But if you feel like you don't have that, then finding someone to just talk it out with, sort of like giving you, holding that space for you, there should not be shame to that either. Um, there is a lot of, of support out there. Um, again, we, you know, a time is, um, you know, we're here. Um, we offer a tremendous amount. Um, but there are Facebook pages on loss. There are Instagram pages about loss. I actually, though, it's interesting. I had um, somebody tell me recently that when she had her loss, she was just very overwhelmed by her loss, that she just needed, uh, you know, whatever support that she can get. And she ended up um, going onto all of these pages and all these Instagram accounts about loss and grief and bereavement. And then all of a sudden, it just became so much for her. Like, it was like, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't go through that. They must be, you know, they went through something much worse than I'm going through. And she was a very in tune person. And she noted for her, she noticed that what she was doing was she was minimizing her own pain, right? Why? Because somebody else went through something so much, quote unquote, worse than what she was going through. Mm-hmm. And she actually, and this was, I mean, this was, this was pretty cool. And I just want to tell you that this is what self-care is and this is what boundaries are. She actually um, stopped following a lot of these Instagram pages because she realized for herself that she wasn't giving her the best, herself that space to grieve because she was minimizing what she was going through because somebody else was going through something different. And yeah. And I, yeah. Go. No, go ahead. No, I really just want to emphasize that everyone's grief is valid and everyone's loss is valid. And just because somebody went through something um, 
whenever it is. I, I can't begin to tell you how many times I get called, by the way. You can't even imagine how often women are calling me. Yeah, I had an early loss, and I know it sounds so silly that I'm even calling you because I know I have a family, and but for some reason I'm just not feeling good, and I know I shouldn't be calling because, honestly, like, thank God I have a family. What is there to be upset about? What's there a bit to be grieving about? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, but you had a loss. Why does that, why does what one other, somebody else, what they're going through, minimize what you're thinking and what you're feeling? So I just want to tell anyone who's going through this experience is that your experience is valid. Your thoughts and your feelings are valid, and it doesn't matter in what phase of the pregnancy it was, whether you wanted the pregnancy or not, whatever it is that you're feeling and that you're thinking is normal and it's okay and it's it's it, 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 it to be honored and it's to be respected and it's not to be minimized. Yeah, and, and as you're also rightly pointing out, different people will need different types of, of you know, support. Um, and it sounds like, so could you, could you tell us how, if somebody is looking to connect with A-Time, how they can connect with A-Time? Um, so again, um, you're, you can go on, we have an Instagram account, um, it's at a time hug. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. Um, it's called a time, um, it's called a time hope, um, on, on Facebook. We, you can call, um, I can give you the telephone number for a time. It's 718 I don't know if anyone's hearing this out. 686-8912. That's the main line. And you're more than welcome to call, and they will transfer um, you over to our um, division. Um, You can connect with me. I actually do have a personal Instagram page at Ms. Yonina Kaufman. Um, If you do have any questions or concerns, you can also reach out to me through there. And yeah, we're we're pretty out there. We're pretty present. We actually we do send out um, monthly, not monthly. I think it's um, quarterly magazines at time as. Um, and there's just there's a lot of support out there. Just, we're here. We're here for you. Yeah, and Yonina, thank you so much for all of the incredible work that you're doing, um, and thank you for coming on and for talking to us about it. And thank you so much for inviting me on. This has been such a privilege. It's, what you're doing is really um, breaking down the mental health barriers, and it's, um, I'm, I feel very honored and privileged to be part of that. So thank you. Um, and, you know, as always, if anybody is uh, in need of support, in need of help, please do reach out to some of the resources that Yunina mentioned before. Um, with a time, and they also, it sounds like you guys have additional resources. So if somebody needs additional referrals, you can provide that as well. Yes, 100%. We are okay. universally based. I'm sorry? That we're universally based. We have a program yes. in Israel, even. It's incredible. We, we send packages in London, in England, in Belgium, and we send packages throughout the entire world. It's incredible. It's incredible what you guys are doing. It's, it's really amazing. Um, and we really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, so, but 
So for everyone listening, uh, you are going through something, you're experiencing a loss, you know somebody experiencing a loss, there are resources and there, there are places that you can connect to that can help. And that's our show for today, everybody. Um, join us Mondays at 9 p.m. at jtriberadio.com. And thank you for being with us. Thank you.